When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plushcare. Plushcare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. An Erio's original. I was born with a special gift. The ability to mentally transform any situation into the worst-case scenario in my own brain. My therapist calls my gift catastrophizing. And that's why I'm uniquely qualified to scrutinize and analyze history's greatest disasters and find out who's to blame. They say history repeats itself. Not on my watch. My name is Rebecca Delgado-Smith, and I am The Alarmist. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to The Alarmist, a comedy podcast where we talk about history's greatest tragedies and figure out who's to blame. Today we're discussing the deaths of Cloud Cahoon and Marcel Moore. Here's what you need to know. In 1930s Europe, Marginalized groups faced discrimination and prejudice as democracy crumbled under Hitler's fervent rise to power in Germany. But as fascist propaganda calling for the purification of society flooded the streets, two queer, gender-bending, surrealist artists boldly fought back with their own propagandist subterfuge. Originally born in France, Lucy Schwab was sent to boarding school in England after experiencing anti-Semitic harassment from French classmates. When her father remarried, the 20-year-old Lucy met her stepmother's daughter, Suzanne Malherbe. The two became inseparable, creating art and living together in Paris as lovers, their queer relationship appearing conventional as stepsisters. Exploring gender ambiguity, 
Lucy renamed herself Cloud, and Suzanne began going by Marcel, French names given to both men and women. In her book, Cloud wrote, quote, masculine, feminine, it depends on the situation. Neuter is the only gender that always suits me. Cloud Cahun and Marcel Moore opened their home as a gathering place for writers, artists, and activists experimenting with surrealist art as a counterforce to fascism. But when Paris became too dangerous for Jews, the couple left for Jersey, part of Britain's Channel Islands. With a population of 45,000, Jersey locals depend on tourism, fishing, and agriculture to sustain themselves. After England entered World War II in 1939, Winston Churchill questioned the military value of the Channel Islands. Deemed indefensible, the Channel Islands were demilitarized in June of 1940. Weapons and equipment used by the militia were taken, private firearms were confiscated, and all military personnel vacated. With few evacuation plans made for civilians, only a few thousand residents managed to flee before Germany bombed and subsequently occupied the Channel Islands. Cloud and Marcel were two of tens of thousands of residents stuck on an island suddenly governed by Nazi soldiers. Communication became nearly impossible as German police seized radios and controlled transmissions. Jews were forced to register and were deported, and Jewish businesses were Aryanized and sold to non-Jews. Entirely cut off from the world but determined to fight back, Cloud and Marcel began performing small acts of resistance. Using scissors and glue, the pair created collages and photo montages to instill doubt about the war among the German soldiers, pasting the propaganda leaflets on telephone poles, tucked under windshield wipers, and along barbed wire fences. Using nail polish, they wrote, quote, down with war on coins and cigarette boxes, carefully placing them into uniform pockets at the laundromat. They hung a banner in the church that read, Jesus died for us, but we must die for Hitler, and stuck cardboard crosses on German soldier graves with the painted words, for them, the war is over. As queer women, it was too dangerous for Cloud and Marcel to publicly protest, so they remained invisible by operating under the character, the soldier without a name. In the event that they were caught distributing their propaganda, the two kept an overdose of barbiturates in their pockets. In 1945, suspicious German soldiers began tracking purchases of materials on the island, and Cloud and Marcel were arrested and sentenced to death for their political activities. Since it was believed they were working under the soldier without a name, they were not immediately sent to concentration camps. Twice, they tried to kill themselves, but underdosed. When the war ended and the Channel Islands were liberated, Marcel and Cloud were freed. However, the severe imprisonment and interrogations had a lasting effect on Cloud, and she died in 1954. Marcel took her life 18 years later. Fun Facts, aka Death Stats. Days after England decided to remove troops from the Channel Islands, Germany bombed Jersey and Guernsey, killing 44 civilian islanders. During German occupation, there was one Nazi soldier for every three Channel Islanders. The Channel Islands were the oldest possession of Britain's monarchy and the only British territory occupied by Germany during World War II. 
the occupation lasted five years, and it is estimated around 400 prisoners died on the islands during German rule. With us today, we have producer Clayton Early. Hello. Fact checker Chris Smith. Hi. And our very special guest today is legendary comedian Paula Poundstone. Hi, Paula. Hey, how are you? We're so excited to have you. Um, uh, just for, so our listeners know, uh, Paula is always on NPR's Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. And she also hosts the podcast Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. I would, would you- say it the other way around. I would okay. say yes. that I'm always on Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. <laughs> I'm, I'm sometimes on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. <laughs> Fair. Thank you for the clarification. Yeah. Now, Paula, we'd like to start off the show by asking our guests, what is something that's recently alarming you? What's something that's keeping you up at night? Um, uh, let's see. The... Um, well, I'm not enjoying the weaponization committee, whatever it is they call themselves. Uh, and, and perhaps more importantly, the, uh, the arming of the right wing, just the regular mm. right wing citizen. I think that's, um, yeah. That's keeping you up at night. Well, nothing keeps sleep. me up at night, honestly. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you sleep I'm just, well. I'm tired all the time, so I would put it. Okay, this too I would reverse. Uh, okay. What exhausts me from thinking about it during the day, such that what? Helps <laughs> oh, so you go to sleep, <laughs> right? Such that it doesn't keep you up as so much as no. it does make you tired. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. What makes it difficult to stay up during the day? I think that's how I would. Yes. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> We're going to have to rephrase that I question. know. We have to go back to all of our episodes and change it. Yeah. I dream of being kept up at night. <laughs> the nightmare. Nothing yeah. Th- I so admire those who are. Yes. Yes. Nothing to think about. Nothing. <laughs> um, now, I, I feel like we should jump right in because this is such an interesting topic uh, mm. that we're talking about today. and. I, I mean, I just want to take some time, even before we start putting things up on the board, to talk about who uh, Cloud and Marcel were and how badass they were. Mm-hmm. I mean, for their time, they were just so ahead of their time. And, you know, on top of that, they somehow, you know, they're they're two queer artists in a relationship during the, you know, Nazi regime, also during a time where it was not okay for them to be uh, out in an open lesbian relationship. Mm-hmm. And yet, uh, on top of that, they're just like fighting back and essentially trolling like some of the biggest villains of the, of the, the biggest villain of the 20th century. Um, <laughs> and I think it's important to keep in mind that they did this without Twitter. That's I right. Know. Yes. <laughs> Huge accomplishment. Yeah. yeah, which a lot of us today can hardly even imagine. But um, <laughs> yeah, they, they used nail polish. That was one of right. the tools. I wonder what they would have done with Twitter if they would have even messed with it, if it were existing in their time, or if they were just like, no, we we can, or if they would have added something actually. No, I think they, I think they would have been avid social. <laughs> yeah. social they would have because, early adopters. Yeah, because I think once you get started, it's really hard. Hard to stop, <laughs> you know. Even if they had just experimented with it, they probably would have been sucked down the hole. Sure. Yeah, that, I, this is from. Uh, 
Oh, for you know what? Mo. They you know, they love Claude and Marcel just as much as we do. Yeah, they love well, Twitter, I guess. Nazis just walked by. <laughs> oh, there you go. Oh, I'm so sorry. You know, Nazis, good dog. Good yeah. dog. Yeah, I really this is something that I've encouraged and oh, stop it. The Nazis are gone now. Stop it. <laughs> She's this looking at from- me with such a happy face right now. Like that was good what I did, right? <laughs> <laughs> These bits are really not good for their training. Yeah, um, I think it was the- a Nazi with a schnauzer. Oh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> this is uh, from an article uh, in the New York Times. Kaha made ambiguity a theme in a lifelong exploration of, uh, exploration of gender uh, sexual identity as a writer and photographer. Decades after her death, she has a growing following among art historians, feminists, and people in the LGBTQ community. Working in Paris in the racy 1920s and 30s alongside surrealist artists and writers, long before the rise of the gender-neutral they as a pronoun and the advent of terms like transgender and queer theory, Kaha created stark, sometimes playful, but deliberately equivocal photos of herself. At about 14 or 15, she met Suzanne Malherbe, who was two years older. The encounter Kaha uh, would write was like a lightning strike. Eight years later, Kaha father's uh, father remarried. His new wife was Marie Eugenie Malherb, Suzanne Malherb's mother. That made Kaha and more stepsisters, which created the appearance of a conventional relationship. In Paris, they lived comfortably off family money, drawing on their studies at the Sorbonne. Kaha wrote for uh, literary magazines and journals, published at least two books, and performed in, in experimental theater. Moore worked as an illustrator and theatrical designer. Their apartment became a gathering place for writers and artists. They talked about social justice and debated communism as a counterforce to fascism. André Breton, a leader of the Surrealist movement, wrote in a letter to Kaha in the early 1930s that she was, quote, one of the most curious spirits of our time. It must have been such a thrilling time, you know, in the 20s and 30s, a period of awakening, uh, especially in Germany and probably all over Europe. And of course, this is all soon to be, you know, thwarted and stopped. Um, But I'm, I'm wondering here, before we jump in, I feel like we should decide on what we're blaming. Are we blaming the cause of their death? Or are we, you know, blaming this tragic circumstance of, of that eventually ended up being their lives? Yeah, with this with this podcast, what I love is we get to sort of explore these things where we don't we've never heard of before. And I feel like the fact that this artist who was actually a good surrealist artist, like I remember studying Breton in college and being kind of confused. There was like a sequence in one of his plays where a spider would come down from the sky and it took like 15 minutes. So there's like <laughs> there's like bad surrealist art, but like her her art was actually good, but I feel like the fact that it was lost to history could be part of what we want to aim our our anger towards in this episode. Mm. What do you guys think about that? I like that. Yeah. Cuz I mean, we could just put the start with putting the Nazis up on the board in Hitler. Yeah. Right? Yes. We should definitely I feel like that's a I do feel that the the Nazis and Hitler are are a glaring problem. Yes, I think <laughs> yes. so. 
we've been trying we've had the nazis up on this board have we had the nazis on the board yet yes for sure multiple times yes. oh yeah oh no the, so yeah. the nazis that's a notch in their belt <laughs> that's that's a hierarchical yeah. thing among the nazis there's like uh, how many how many times have you been on the board in the army <laughs> we don't want to give them the satisfaction we try yeah. And- yeah sometimes they compete with global warming <laughs> yes, actually, you're very right. <laughs> that in capitalism. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this uh, is no, from you know what? They kick the shit out of capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. I think you're right. Wow, Clayton. I so, know. I know, I know. So NP, this is from NPG.org. After four years of the subversive activity, they were caught and arrested in July of 1944, charged with listening to the BBC and inciting the troops to rebellion. It took some time for the German authorities to bring the case to trial, mainly because they simply couldn't believe that two old ladies could carry out this level of activity without the help of at least one man. Oh, (laughs) jeez. They were confounded. (laughs) They were confounded. They were only in their early 50s, but being seen as old was part of their disguise. In the meantime, German supply routes uh, to northern French ports had been cut off by Allied uh, advances, depriving Jersey of food and supplies, but also preventing people from being deported from the island to death camps in Europe, as had previously happened uh, to others. Um, Kaha and Moore were sentenced to six years imprisonment for listening to the, to the BBC and, the, and to death for inciting rebellion. With typical dry humor... Cloud uh, asked which sentence was to be carried out first. <laughs> they refused to ask. <laughs> love, I love that. that I feel like I that says so much about her. Like I know that person. <laughs> That's some good snark. <laughs> I, I was, yes. and this was for for listening to the BBC. <laughs> yeah, right. Jeez. So six years. They're, you know, the BBC is, a, a, you know, well, relatively, I think, well-respected broadcast. Yes, and, yes. Um, I, for them to do well in the ratings at all, I think, is particularly impressive, knowing that <laughs> you can be sentenced to life or, or right? execution. Very impressive. Uh, for listening to the BBC, even though that's probably not true anymore. Um, still, even just the, you know, the... The residual <laughs> effects of that. <laughs> I wonder how long it took them to shake that. Yeah. I mean, because there are probably people, there are probably BBC listeners who have relatives that mm. were punished for listening to the BBC. So it's a, um, it's brave. Yeah, it's yeah. good to keep in mind anytime someone leaves a negative review on our podcast, you know, <laughs> yes. at least people aren't putting to death, being put to death for right. listening, listening to us. To us. <laughs> yeah. I've, <laughs> Stay tuned, though. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Don't count your chickens there. It's true. It's don't, true. Don't count your listeners before they're living <laughs> life. Um, so wait. So wait. Tell me that again. Yeah. So they. So they said to them that, that what they had a life sentence and and they were being killed. And, no, they, six they six years six imprisonment. Years in prison, and that that was for the BBC. Yeah. And then death for inciting a rebellion. So and Claude were, didn't know which one was first. <laughs> Which is you know like what? A, if they yeah. had become a regular donor to the BBC, like if they were a member for all those six years, 
I think yes. it gone, I think it would have gone worse for them. <laughs> At least ten years. Yeah, if they had gotten like a BBC tote and T-shirt, they <laughs> oh, forget about it. Forget it. Cardinal offense. Yeah, yeah, they would have so, certainly harder time for that. I think. So- this is interesting. So uh, Cloud and Marcel were the last prisoners to be released from prison just before Jersey's liberation on uh, May 9th, 1945. And then f- about nine years later, Luce, uh, Lucy, which is uh, Claude, uh, succumbed to a kidney tumor and chronic illnesses exacerbated by her time in solitary confinement during the war. Hmm. So they were they were both put in solitary confinement for at least a year, about a year. Wow. Her, uh, Marcel, her partner died by suicide in 1972. So about 18 years later, and they're buried alongside each other in Jersey. And, uh, actually the Germans destroyed much of their artwork, uh, right after they were sent to prison. So, um, Claude's work was largely unknown until its rediscovery in the 1990s. A long time after. Yeah. yeah I wish we knew how it was, when you say rediscovery, you know, was it hidden in somebody's walls? Or I, I wish we knew the path to the rediscovery. Yeah. Um, Chris, yeah. maybe we can sick our fact checker on that. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Was, oh, just a small task for you. <laughs> well, you know. Can you well, do that in a minute? Yeah, well, well, this one I'll use Google. Oh, Ooh. nice. I've heard of the Google. <laughs> yeah, the, the, she's using the Googles. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, you know, they, they did a lot of art after they, uh, together after prison. So I'm mm-hmm. assuming a lot of that work. Oh, okay. That, yeah. that, that oh, it was rediscovered was post uh, going to prison. And, you know, they, they kind of kept it to themselves. Until, and and eventually, once Marcel died, it was auctioned off. So, well, and how interesting too that a lot of it was, you know, them trolling the Nazis. So you got to think a lot of the stuff that they're, you know, that they're putting out there wasn't signed with their names right. on it too. Yeah, yeah. I don't think we have any of those cigarette boxes that they painted on. Man, that'd be you know, cool. That would yeah. be so cool. Yeah, I, I'm sure a lot of it was also, you know, they, they would post signs up outside. So it's not like preserved in any way. Right. You know, it's just out in the elements. And they, they were writing, they were doing their art on like toilet paper. So it's, you know, yeah, that doesn't, hard to preserve. That doesn't, that doesn't last. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, uh, and then some of it I, I, I was, did they say they, they the, the method that they used for posting it was the nail polish? Is that right? That made it stick to things. Mm. I that, think so. Yeah, they were they were very um, uh, they were getting creative. <laughs> yeah, resourceful. With I read I read that to. they had many different methods for which uh, that that they distributed things. They would go to the laundromats and hide notes in in the the German soldiers' uh, oh pockets uniforms and pockets and stuff. Yes. So were the German Sneaky. soldiers then doing that thing that I used to do when I lived in Boston when I was a young adult, um, which is which I, I can't even imagine doing now. But I I would put my clothes in the wash in the laundromat and then I would leave. Yes, <laughs> I did that in New York all the time. Yeah, I, I, it doesn't seem like something I would I would do now. I feel like I would I would feel the need to stay with um, and sometimes. <laughs> Well, you know, of course, if you didn't move your stuff after the wash, it was aggravating to the other people wanting to yes. use the machine. 
Um, but sometimes just to be jerks, uh, I always heard stories of this. It never happened to me. Um, but there were stories of people putting, uh, pouring the powder of like a cup of soup into somebody else's oh. wash cycle, um, which would just be. Stop. Yeah. What? Yeah. Nasty. Yeah. So then you got like some sort of chicken bullion on your clothes <laughs> and you get cats following you while you walk down the street. <laughs> Paula, um, I have a feeling you would have been really good friends with Claude and Marcel. Um, well, do they play ping pong? That's <laughs> very important to me. Chris, get on that. We need to know. I'm yeah, not seeing yeah. anything about ping pong. Yeah. Well, maybe you're not making the right Google search. Yes, that's Try right. It's tennis. possible. Some people are maybe really ask Jeeves, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Although um, I don't know if I would have, um, I don't know if I would have related to their art, actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm pretty, you know, I like a portrait. I, uh, <laughs> Me too. I'm, I'm pretty, a huge portrait fan. I'm a very simple, you know, I don't get a lot of, I don't get a lot of symbolism. It's really sure. got to be. Yes. It's, yeah. it's got to be like big arrows pointing to things. Yeah. We're all pretty literal here. So yeah. I think yeah. we're on the same page. Yeah. yeah. Never... I, I, you know, my favorite museum is the National Portrait Gallery in London. <laughs> Ser go. I'm serious. It's awesome. Oh, yeah. I When I was a kid in the fourth grade, we did a unit on, um, on uh, art, you know, on painters. And which I look back and I'm like, who does that? In the fourth grade, but we did. And I can still, you know, I can still identify some painters as a result of this. Um, uh, my best friend, Jim Ross, did uh, El Greco. I, I, on the other hand, did Franz Halls because he had these big, bold portraits. And I, mm. you know, I, Jim was a lot deeper than I, I was. Um, <laughs> I mean, that said, you know, maybe we should talk about the art scene. And yeah perhaps put misogyny in the art scene at the time. And, uh, you know, this is from uh, an article uh, that's uh, titled Is Surrealism Misogynistic by Srihita Mediboina. And the subtitle is um, Does a Bear Shit in the Woods? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it might be Medi. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, well I don't, that's not true. I don't know that for certain, but probably, what? I mean, I would say that probably three quarters of all art. Probably. Yes, I, 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 I agree with you. Yes. So this is uh, a quote. Uh, Many famous artists, including Max Ernst, Salvador Dali, Yves Tang Tangai. I apologize for my terrible French. Uh, Rene Magritte uh, created imagery that in its sexual abandon often objectified women they chopped off female arms and legs replaced their faces with genitalia or as in the case of ernst rendered them headless this comes as no surprise since uh, andre breton the author of the surrealist manifesto based much of the underlying themes of surrealism on the research of sigmund freud freudian techniques techniques meant to reveal the unconscious were common inspiration for surrealists. Ooh, I didn't know that. Hmm. 
Um, I, I can go on. So this this might be interesting. So these theories on hysteria and animalistic impulses rooted in cultural misogyny had negative repercussions on the movement, as we already have seen. As much as I wish I it stopped there, it doesn't. Freud's psychoanalysis theorizes that unconscious thoughts and motivations rooted in primitive drives towards sex and aggression are the underlying cause of human behavior. That's a theory. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't think we have to agree with it. <laughs> I feel so. I have zero sex drive, and so <laughs> I, you know, so it's hard for me. So yeah. I think it's is every you know, there was that there was that period where every image, you know, it could be like a blue square. You know, it could even be mm. like a modern modern already, you know, just a blue square. And people are like, uh-huh. oh, it's about sex. And I, I <laughs> <laughs> because I don't have that, you know, because I'm not, because that's never what I'm thinking about. Sure. Right. Um, then, uh, not never, but very, very rarely. Um, I, I, again, I think that's why I like portraits. I'm really not subtle. I, there's no mm-hmm. yeah. nothing to anything that I think. It's just it, very straight. I respect that. I, I do it, respect that. Yeah. It makes well, you I, wonder, you know, despite all the books and all the research and all of his accomplishments, if, if, uh, if Freud was just horny all the time and that, yeah. and that just, yeah. and that just shaded everything for him. It just <laughs> yeah. kind of shaded everything for him. Well, you know, even you look at the, you know, the pictures of, you know, people like to believe in stuff. They like someone telling them what to believe. Uh, sure. Enter QAnon. Um, and it's just, <laughs> Truth. they just do. And so if somebody says, well, it's all about this, then they, oh yeah, it is. It's all yeah, about Especially that. if it sounds smart. If it sounds like really sophisticated, well, who doesn't want to believe that sophisticated thing that you're told to believe, right? And especially if it's said by somebody with distinctive glasses frames. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I think <laughs> Freud fits that bill. He had hey, maybe we should... Wait. We should all get glasses. We should. Put, we should. Should we put Freud on the board and Freud and his distinctive yeah, glasses not? on I, the I board? Put, let's put Freud and his room. glasses, yeah. We should get glasses, but we should also fear glasses. So mm. that's that's a good, really good point, Paula made. <laughs> well, you know, I just was choosing out glasses frames, and my, and I, and some of them, you know, you see them in the case, and I'm like, oh, I love the blue ones. Oh, they're mm. so, you know, and I'm telling myself that I'm gonna that that's you know it's hip, you know what I mean? Like it's gonna give me this this look. That right. it'll make me seem cooler than I actually am. And I put them on and I look like an idiot. And <laughs> in in the case, they look great because it's not because they're 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 making their own statement. It's not about me. But then I put them, it's like it's I think but I think, yeah. I mean he had like some kind of Harry Pottery glasses, um, Freud did. And that was long before Harry Potter. Uh so yeah, I think I, I was I was of a mind to try to let the glasses say more about me yeah. than sure than really is true. I was, so, the glasses were going to lie for me. That was what it was. <laughs> I'm going to go. Paul's really hip. It was going to make people think that I understood all kinds of art. And Freud might have been doing the same thing with his. Yeah, so you, you never know. You got to get the glasses up on the board. There's no the question that. that there was a physical yeah. image to Freud that he was putting yes. out there to yes. make yeah. himself seem 
like, you know, like he was a guy yeah. to take all the information from the fact that, you know, and, you know, now it turns out he was a coke addict, blah, blah, blah. So uh, I think it I think it's possible to look a little askance at him now. Mm-hmm. For sure. I, I People so. don't, uh, you know, but I think we can. I mean, it, it must have been going back to the, the you know, misogyny and art. It must have mm. been uh, a, an interesting. Or, well, my point is. It couldn't have been easy being a woman in the art world. And perhaps that is uh, there, there's a reason why uh, Claude and Marcel's work was not as known at the at during during their time. Sure. I feel like um, we could, there's probably room like along those lines to encapsulate their queerness somehow on the board, yes. like people's Homo- homophobia I, I, let's towards put homophobia. them or even yeah. their artwork, you know, because it yes. wasn't so traditional or normal for the Nazis, you know. Um, here's a, a, from the, uh, this is a, an excerpt from the Holocaust Memorial Day Trust website. Nazi conceptions of race, gender, and eugenics dictated the Nazi regime's hostile policy on homosexuality. Repression against gay men, uh, lesbians, and trans people commenced within days of Hitler becoming chancellor. On May uh, 6, 1933, the Nazis violently looted and closed the Institute for Sexual Science, burning its extensive collection on the streets. Unknown numbers of German gay men, lesbian, and trans people fled abroad and others entered into marriages in order to appear to conform to Nazi ideological norms, experiencing severe psychological trauma. The thriving gay culture in Berlin was lost. The police established lists of homosexually active persons. Significant numbers of gay men were arrested, of whom an estimated 50,000 received severe jail sentences in brutal conditions. Most homosexuals were sent to police prisons rather than concentration camps where they were exposed to inhumane treatment. There they could be subjected to hard labor and torture or they were experimented upon or executed. An estimated 10 to 15,000 men who were accused of homosexuality were deported to the concentration camps. Most died in the camps, often from exhaustion. Many were castrated and some subjected to gruesome medical experiments. Collective murder actions were undertaken against gay detainees, exterminating hundreds at a time. Um, All right. I think we need the fact checker on this, but I believe that I just heard, I forget where I heard it, which, okay, already, that's a problem. <laughs> I believe that I just heard that Ron DeSantis wants yes. the license numbers, oh, the driver's license numbers of all of uh, their uh, trans people. I was listening to you read that. I was like, this sounds like a more extreme version of what's happening in Florida right now. Like yeah. This. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think Ron's following, not leading here. Right. right. Um, wow. Yeah, I, I, you know, it's, it's funny. I, I remember where I was standing when I heard that and it was in my kitchen, but I don't remember what I was listening to. So mm. as opposed to I don't want to throw any additional shade on Ron <laughs> that he doesn't deserve. <laughs> so so uh, we should double check that. But I, I believe I did hear that. Um mm. Uh, uh, um, yeah, I'm looking into it. 
I know in the Native American culture, what do they what do they call trans people? Two spirits, I think. Mm, yes, um, yes. And they um, and they um, um, uh, you know, and they include them, and mm-hmm. they uh, they feel it's a virtue, not a not a bad thing. Yeah. And um, but because in my world, uh, and I assume every you know, I have a hard time picturing any world outside of my own. Because in my world, um, I never heard the word trans until, I don't know, maybe a couple decades ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and the idea, in fact, it's funny for people who fear trans people, um, you know, the truth is m- most of us could live a whole life and not bump in. You know, it's not a huge percentage of our society. Right. Um, and, but all of a sudden people are like, everybody's, you know. Right. Like Everyone's transition. Yeah. Yeah. Your kid's going to transition because it's a fad. Um, yeah. I, that's so, it's just so lame, but I am surprised to hear that there were trans people uh, in the twenties that were, mm-hmm. uh, because doesn't that mean that they have to be, that they have to be receiving um, medical uh, services in order to, because isn't there a. Yes. The medical element to it. Yeah, Who knows how involved right. that the actual, I mean, Perhaps, medical side yeah. of it was. You know? uh, yeah, it right. could have just been, uh, you know, how they appeared. Or well, that they, could be, yeah. yeah. Or that, you, or that people that, right, the people that, you know, were born and considered a man that always knew themselves to, mm-hmm, to, mm-hmm. to be right. a, a, a woman. I, I once again, I have to recommend that people um, Google uh, ACLU. Texas trans girl and watch the ACLU documentary. It's not long. It's only, it's not a long documentary um, about uh, Kai Shapley in Texas. Uh, mm. The little boy who became uh, an amazing uh, little girl. And once you see that documentary, if you had any doubt in your mind that it was a, uh, you know, that it was, that it was not just, you know, some sort of odd, uh, fad, Mm. Yeah. Um, if you, uh, you know, or that it was, you know, anything other than, uh, real, mm-hmm. uh, that, 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 that doubt is eliminated when you see this yeah. video. And uh, something you said too, Paula, where it's like the, the, again, to live in Berlin in the twenties and thirties, what a, what a thrilling, cool place that must have right. been and how threatened must have, you know, other you know, it was just these like Nazis, a, right? These Nazis into felt that. by by just this, you know, a queer love loving scene, you and know? such a typical reaction too. Like, yes. why do people we have to react so strongly to people just like expressing themselves in a really like loving and natural way? I mean, like we right now, current day, we have these wonderful drag shows that are all inclusive and love. And people are like, we need to literally legislate these people out of existence because they can't deal with their own, whatever's going on. It's just a history repeating itself. Don't you think like, okay, I I don't know the man, the the name of the man that was, he had some official elected office. I haven't, I, I feel like it might've been on the, you know, on the punishing people side of things, but I'm not sure. Um, the really heavy set, red faced guy that they just recently po- uh, 
popped for um what was it? He was communicate he was he had liked some gay guys. Oh yes, guy, McNally. Right? Randy McNally, I think, was the the like South Carolina senator. That feels, that feels right. Yes, he was like commenting on this very young gay man's Instagram and <laughs> sorry, go on, Paula. Well, yeah, but but you know, in the case of that guy, I mean, I think it's you know, I don't like to I'm not a person who goes around saying, well, this person's gay or that person's gay. But there certainly is a trend where Mm -hmm. um, people who uh, object vociferously uh, to what Mm -hmm. other people do in Mm -hmm. their, you know, like that doesn't have any effect on them whatsoever. The people that are the loudest often turn out to be people who just aren't comfortable with their own sexuality and they too are gay. And if there's a poster boy for that trend, that story, it would be that man. His name is Randy McNally and he's the Lieutenant governor of Tennessee. Just to clarify. Yeah. 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 I agree a hundred percent. Yeah. (laughs) The interview with him is just so, and what's funny is he's come out, you know, so he did this, and 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 the only reason it matters, I don't care. I don't care what he likes on the silly, stupid internet, anyways. But the only reason that it matters is because he, you know, he has, uh, um, you know, let it be known that he doesn't like that kind of that kind of thing isn't right, and like in that very Tennessee way yes and passing bills about it too not just being vocal about it passing laws and and so then there's obviously this you know hypocrisy um but what's funny is so now he's you know he's caught doing this and he's in an interview where you almost feel bad for him in the interview i mean he is just (laughs) um i'm so red he's sweaty he's like a heavy set man anyways and he's just, I mean, it couldn't have been good for the old ticker. Uh, he looks like he's going to keel over right in this interview. But what it really amuses me about it is that after the fact, he put out a statement that he's going to take a break from social networking. Mm. <laughs> like, that's what he sees as what yeah, the problem yeah, that's, was. Yeah, that's the solution. Yeah, uh-huh. He was going to get some training on oh. social networking. Okay, good. Okay. Because he didn't realize what, you know, I liked right. it, did I? Uh, People can uh, see what I'm writing. Yeah. Yeah. Like okay. That, like as if that's the problem. Right. So, yeah. So, okay. Unfortunately, we are running out of time. We Ooh. have to come up with a verdict. Let's look, let's take a quick break and then we'll start knocking things off the board. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So, naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? 
boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all have stress and anxiety we carry around as we go about our everyday life. At The Alarmist, we know it's always better to say it out loud and talk it through. Whenever I stress about the sinking of the Titanic, I don't sit with those thoughts in a dark room. I turn on the lights and dive right into it. Therapy is a great place to get things off your chest and work through what's really going on. Maybe you can't stop spiraling or catastrophizing. I started therapy over 10 years ago and never looked back. If you're thinking of starting therapy... Give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Heck, we sometimes change our minds and rethink the verdict at The Alarmist. And that's also okay when it comes to therapists. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Alarmist today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash alarmist. Hit us, Chris. Okay, who's to blame for the deaths of Claude Cahan and Marcel Moore? Is it, we got a short list this time. The Nazis, Hitler, is it misogyny in the art scene? Sigmund Freud and his distinctive glasses or homophobia? And again, Rebecca, remind us again what we're going for here. It's not the direct, is it the direct death of, or are we talking about the sort of fact that she was lost uh, in the sort of art history world and the, and the art history narrative? I think the, the, the loss of the, uh, of, of, of the narrative, yeah, the, loss yeah, the- in the narrative. I think to some degree you'd have to blame the deaths on nature because that was coming one way or the other. Sure. It's so true. <laughs> we could put, I'll put that on the board as a last yeah, minute. Just, yeah, nature. Yes. Uh, just but, nature. Know, which, you know, you can blame a lot of stuff on nature. Um, <laughs> I like the idea of like kind of like what culturally we lost due to the, you know, what they were kind of forced to en- endure. Yeah. Took right. them early, you know, like dying by suicide as a result yeah. of solitary confinement. Like that's, yeah. that's not happening if you're not. I mean, it could, but well, yeah, and then years and in prison. D- they, you know, Cloud was very sick mm-hmm. after she got out of prison. So, it, it, I feel like there's a lot of things that we normally could have on this board that we know would be folded into like a very obvious culprit. You know what I mean? Like the like mistreatment. Um, well, let's not forget that nail polish can have toxic fumes. There you go. Mm. And that was one of the tools 
that they were forced wow. to use. Wow. <laughs> they did the- it to themselves. Are we Victor yeah. Blake? <laughs> 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 well, by the way, the way they got caught was um, they didn't they didn't they 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 traced them to the tools that they were using. Yeah. Right. Mm. So, um, you know, Eventually, maybe a, yeah. a loose lipped nail salon person. I, they, they <laughs> I, I did read that some people thought that it was the, the, the uh, people in town who sold them the art supplies. Mm. Yeah. Might've, might've. You got to diversify kind of your art stores. You know, you got to, Right. Go to right. different stores. So right. Yeah, yeah it's, like, it's like being a meth manufacturer, <laughs> yes. which I only know from Breaking Bad. But you do <laughs> have to go for more, more than one. I, you know what? Although I personally am tempted to blame Freud's glass frames. Mm. Yes. Uh, I think the Nazis bear a lot I'm of with responsibility. You. I, I was like... I, I really think Freud's getting w- away with one in this one. And I also feel like the misogyny in the art scene, while it was a problem, I, I don't think it's, you know. Yeah, not the uh, origins. Link. Yeah. I think there was same a lot with, more happening. Same with homophobia, too. This all kind of feels like. Um, and in a know. way, they were kind of getting away with it, right? Because yeah. they had found this incredible loophole where because they were stepsisters, it was okay to hold hands in, in public. It was okay to live together. Right. Um, so Which is good cover for them. Doesn't really, you know, you, you know, in the hands of the wrong living, person. Yeah. It doesn't mean they were the living wrong an person. out life. Yeah. And <laughs> they didn't fear being outed. But mm-hmm. is today they, the day? Is today the day that the Alarmist podcast nails? Well, here's the at question. Old Addie Hitler. Is it? Is it? Hitler or is it the Nazis? I mean, that's the real question. Well, yeah. I mean, either way, one's getting a slap and one's going to jail. They both need they to be to. there. Yeah. 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 I mean, you can't is, really. Uh, there's not the Nazis without Hitler, as, as what I'm thinking. There's, and, and, well, but there's also there, not Nazism. There'll still be Trumpism. Sure, absolutely. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he was. Uh, yeah, I he don't... stoked the fires that were already there, I guess. Right. But Trumpism and, and like in Hitler really kind of brought it to a kind of like a fever pitch, a new level. Yes, you know, like because giving people, people permission like, to be. Yeah, pe- right. People like that person. What you were saying, Paula. Yes, they like being told what to believe. They really do. I mean, the the whole QAnon thing, nobody knows. You know, there's even the people who research it. And I just I just listened to a fantastic book on the topic. But, you know, they don't really that whoever Q is hasn't identified themselves. And they they think it might be um, like three different people over time sure like people are sort of taken over like i'll be jesus now right (laughs) um uh and uh but it doesn't put off the followers no no it it doesn't matter the sort of the whether they're real or not um what do you think rebecca you so are you thinking I think I I agree with uh, with you and paula in that i i I think the leader really uh, is who stoked the fire and I, I think we send Hitler to jail and we slap the Nazis. I like that. 
Yeah. Does Will Smith okay. come into this at all? <laughs> <laughs> He's on standby. <laughs> Good call. We almost got, we almost got through it without it. <laughs> I'm going to call it. I'm going to call it. The Nazis, you're getting the big slap. Hitler, you're going to the alarmist jail. And we just that like a lot of cheering in the background. So <laughs> We've been meaning to get him in jail for a long time yeah. now. We just haven't had the right topic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, you know what? How many DAs are saying that about Trump right now? Oh, <laughs> yeah. no. Exactly. It's hard. We've come so close. It's so true. <laughs> yeah. I need you, Paula. You're the one who finally yeah. helped Paula, us Paula, seriously, there. thank you so much for joining us today and helping us get to the bottom of who's to blame for the, you know, the I would say the artistic death of Claude and Marcel. Well, thank you. I've had a great time. It's really, really fun. I have to say, I've done a lot of podcasts. And this one is uh, not only fun, but very unique and informative. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Thanks, Paula. <laughs> I would have gone put that in quotes. I would have gone yes. my whole life and not known uh, Claude and Marcel. Marcel. I know. Yeah. It, and it's so sad that, we, you know, there should be statues. I want Claude and <laughs> in Marcel Jersey. statues. Sure. <laughs> in, in the Channel Islands and in New Jersey, everywhere around the country. <laughs> In the aftermath, a week following Hitler's suicide, the German forces in Europe surrendered. Jersey was liberated a day later, on May 9, 1945, when British troops arrived. Along with their fellow political prisoners, Claude Cahun and Marcel Moore were released on Liberation Day. Claude died at age 60, and Marcel inherited her possessions and art. When Marcel Moore died by suicide in 1972, their art was auctioned off. Though they never sought fame, the couple achieved notoriety and a cult following years after their deaths, influencing cultural icons like David Bowie and Dior. Today, the legacy of Claude Cahun and Marcel Moore's art, resistance and approach to gender and sexuality, inspires artists and activists alike. Visit our website and let us know who you think is to blame at www.thealarmistpodcast.com and follow us on Instagram at The Alarmist Podcast and on Twitter at Alarmist The. You can also send us your thoughts via email to thealarmistpodcast at gmail.com. Today's episode was produced and engineered by Clayton Early with fact-checking by Chris Smith and editing by Maria Blasucci. Thank you to our associate producer and researcher, Alex Paul. The Alarmist is executive produced by Rebecca Delgado-Smith and the Erios Network. Tune in next week. We'll be discussing the Dave Matthews Band Chicago River Incident. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.